Hello, this is Donna Ferris, and you're here at the Bounce Back Stronger podcast. Today, we have Maureen Ross Jem, who is a CEO of Emerge Leadership Academy. She began training and coaching leaders across New England in 2015 after a 30-year corporate career. She's also the author of Emerge Seven Steps to Transformation, No Matter What Life Throws At You, and a personality expert that helps her clients own their gifts and embrace the diversity of others to excel at work and life. Maureen has also been in recovery from drugs and alcohol for over 30 years. We met when I guested on her podcast, Emerge, Evolve, Lead, last year. Welcome, Maureen, and thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you, Donna. I'm delighted to be here and to see you again. It's so great to have you. Let's talk a little bit about what you're doing today. After 30 years in corporate and then getting out of that and starting my own business 10 years ago, I went on the road. I I trained many, many leaders and then COVID hit. So Mm. everything kind of stopped. And I decided to pivot and I developed a coaching program. So now I help individuals step up into the best potential or, you know, life that they can lead based on not only who they are, but we work on belief systems and values and figuring out who they really are so that they can then step into their brilliance and and be able to lead others really well if they want to even do that. And that program I call Recovery at Work, which is really fun because it does lend itself nicely since I am in recovery from alcoholism and drug addiction. Um, and it's been it's been many years for me. So I used a lot of the skills that I got from my own recovery and I channel it into helping people who don't have a program or who don't really know how to do that personal growth work like like I know how to do. So it's been really fun. Thank you. And just in case the listeners don't know, I'm also in recovery, uh, not 30 years, three years. <laughs> so I admire Brian incredibly, you know, it's every day, right? Um, yeah, but one day at a time. But I do think there's some great things to unpack there for the bounce back stronger audience. Two things I can see, right? The the COVID change that you had to look at your business and change and how did you do that? And then the second thing maybe we'll take later is we learn valuable tools in recovery that change us, you know, we hit walls or or skid along, and then we suddenly realize we need to change. So maybe we talk about that too a little bit later on how that that changes us and how we can grow from that and uh, what we learn in in that process. Sure. Well, do you want me to start by just giving you like the three minute version of my my story of how I got into recovery to begin with? Because, that would be great. Um, okay. So the three minute version of my story is. I was raised in a somewhat functional uh, family, Irish Catholic. My mom had six kids in eight and a half years, and I'm three. So I was one of the pack. I was told what to do, when to do it, where to go, what to wear, what to say, what not to say, and how to behave, all the stuff. Then when I became a teenager, I needed to break away, which I did through drugs and alcohol, because when I grew up, everything was sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And that was the culture that I was living in. So I learned how to fit in and go along with what everybody else was doing. But unfortunately, because I'm empathic, meaning I I often feel the suffering of other people, I feel other people's pain, I'm highly sensitive in regards to what other people are feeling, and I couldn't even process my own stuff. 
it was a really difficult childhood for me. So it was easy for me to escape into drugs and alcohol so I could stuff all those feelings down and not have to deal with what I had to deal with. And I barely made it out of high school, but I did. Um, I was constantly hit, you know, getting in tough scrapes and situations that I should not have been in, but that's where drugs and alcohol lead you, right? So some some bad things happened. I took a geographical cure because, well, I was busy blaming my bosses and my boyfriends and, oh, well, it's Connecticut that sucks. So I have to get out of here, you know. (laughs) So I moved to Texas and I actually moved 13 times between the ages of 17 and 24. Oh my gosh. I was constantly running from the chaos that I was creating or leaving in my wake. And I was also running towards something because I knew I had more potential. And I had a very strong work ethic, probably because I needed money to support my habits. <laughs> right, right, right. I, I did. I liked to work and I knew I had potential, but I could not get to it because I was still not taking responsibility for a lot of, of the, the bad things that would happen either in a job or whatever, you know. Yep. I moved to San Antonio, Texas, and then I took a second geographical move from San Antonio to Austin after two years. And I found myself in Austin alone. I just broke up in a relationship. I had been with this man for a year I loved and he was so tired of me. And then I had a series of really bad Bad experiences with drinking and drugging that led me to completely hate myself. And I, I had so much, I had been stuffing it down for so long. It just came out and all these emotions all the time. I couldn't stop crying. I, I was depressed. I just knew something really bad was going to happen. And so I did. I got the help I needed. I did join a 12-step program. I got therapy. I started working on my path. I moved back to Connecticut after a year sober, and I met my husband and fell in love. And believe it or not, we've been together 35 years now. And he's also was in a program of recovery. And we had, uh, you know, a daughter, and now we're grandparents of four little ones. And it's and that's when I had my corporate career career and all the things to catch you up to where we are now. And it's really been an awesome, awesome life. And what I've discovered is that though the transformation that I can help my clients get and that I, I see for anybody willing to do the work is, is, is going from like experiencing life as like a living hell or and not being able to deal with anything, having anxiety or depression or health issues because we're stuffing all the stuff to being able to feel it, let it go, process it, and actually use it for something better in their lives. So either they can help other people to get through whatever it is that they've gone through or to change the circumstances in their life. You can't just change your outer circumstances and expect your inner world to change. You got to change the inner stuff so that your outer circumstances can change and you can reach the goals like that we all aspire to in life. So that's my little transformation story. <laughs> it's a it's not little. It's no. a, it's incredible. It's incredible. And, and, and it's not the only one. I've had like four major transformations and I, and we all had to go through one when COVID hit. We all went through a transformation because everything changed. Life changed. 
It did. And you also made the change, which I think is a, a particular interest, is the change from being in corporate America and deciding to leave it and then doing your own thing. And then again, when COVID came, you had to re-pivot your business. What are some of the things that you lean back on, maybe from your recovery training in getting through those periods? The year I left my job was 2013. After 27 years, I left a six-figure income to start my own little, you know, like coaching business. And because I had so many years of sobriety and I had already been sponsoring many people over the years, I had designed my own program. And that year in 2013, I not only left my corporate job, I had a major, I had major surgery. And uh, my daughter, she had been living with a boyfriend just for a couple of months when suddenly she came home one day and said, Mom, I'm pregnant and I don't want to stay with him and I'm having the baby. So she comes home. So I have a growing nest. There's not like an empty nest. But the other way around. (laughs) And um, my husband had a detached retina and he had health problems, like all these things. And I'm like, but wait a minute, I'm supposed to be building a business. Like, could all of this other stuff just stop? No, it doesn't. It doesn't stop. And you have to keep moving forward. And oh, that's the other thing. Paul decided to go part-time with his job because he was retiring. He was 67 at that point. He's 14 years older than I am. So all these things converge. And when you have all these like major changes, either with health, with the growing family, financially, right? And and jobs are changing, careers are changing. It causes a lot of stuff. And so what I find is the best thing to help with all that is the inner tools that I've learned in recovery. Number one is connection. You got to stay connected to your support group. And I don't care who that is, but it cannot just be your significant other and your family. It needs to be somebody outside of your family system. You need to have friends, good ones. And if you don't have good friends, then find some new ones. (laughs) Join a group, join a self-help group, whatever. Okay, so that's that's the number one thing. Then there's other things like you certainly can journal. You got to talk about all the stuff that's going on. You have to exercise and work your body and use, you know, use all the tools that you have because if you're not sleeping good, you're going to get burnt out real quick. If you're if you can't feel your feelings, like maybe you need to go to therapy during that time, but you got to talk it out. You got to work through it with all of these other little tools. I started meditating in 2012 and now it's 2023, almost 2024. And I never in all that time have I missed one day. I don't care if I'm traveling at 4 a.m. I am going to wake up in time to do my at least 10 minute, but usually it's 20 to 30 minute meditation in the morning. And that um, has made all the difference for me because now I, I found my center and I know how to get back to myself and I know I'm not alone and it really helps me. And there's lots of other little tools, but we can talk more about that as we, as we move along in the conversation. So, but those are the things. Yeah. Most. Oh, I hit some really good ones. I mean, I think the connection is really important. And I, and I think the meditation would have been the top of my list too. Mm-hmm. I'd be interested to know what kind of self-care you you do. You, you mentioned, you know, meditation, obviously that's a piece of self-care, but you also mentioned earlier before we started recording the sound healing, which I, you know, I, so what yeah. other types of self-care are you, are you recommending or, or engaging in? Well, I, I do all kinds of self-care. I get myself a massage every single month. 
But one of the most important things that I recommend is having a morning routine that gives you time to do your spiritual growth and development. And you agree. So you- you, you Oh, I totally agree. It's like my number one thing. So I'll give you the, you know, 30 second rundown. I wake up in the morning. I immediately after brushing my teeth and going to the bathroom, I sit in my meditation chair and I meditate for 20 to 30 minutes. And then I check my email and I wait for my Apple watch to rejuvenate itself from the night before. So I'll look at stuff like that um, and my texts and things like that to see if, if there's anybody that needs to be communicated with. But it's just my quiet time. So for an hour, I'm just being with myself. Then I exercise and I it's a 30 minute routine. I just do my exercise and I jump in the shower and I'm downstairs with my husband and we have breakfast together and we do together and we play the wordle together (laughs) and the little things, you know, just talking what's on your day, you know, things like that. Um, On the days that I was training, sometimes that got cut short, but mostly these days um, I'm not training in that way. I usually train online or, you know, that sort of thing. So I don't have to travel so much. I really love that you make the time for your husband. I think there's, especially for women who do a lot, and I'm going to say we do too much, but we do a lot. It's easy for us to forget our most significant relationships. And do you find that you've made that a core belief? I think that I think that creates a lot of health in our relationships and our life. Oh yeah. And it depends on your spouse, right? So as far as personality goes, he's an introvert and I am an extrovert. And we connect every morning, we do that, and then we're also spending our evenings together. But during the day, he doesn't need me. He's not one of those, oh, he's not needy at, at all. He's fine. He's absolutely fine by himself. So the other things I do for self-care, I just recently had a um, a retreat with my girlfriends and we went away for three days, which was really awesome. That's my little support group. There's six of us and we've been meeting together for over 35 years now. We've been oh, that's wonderful. together for 32 or something like that. I don't know, a lot of years. And we've watched each other. We've we've been there for each other through thick and thin. And you know, part of that is really noticing the good in others. But I would say you have to make time for those important relationships. If it's your spouse, it's your spouse. If it's your parents, do it. If it's your kids, you know, whenever my kid calls me, I'm like, I'm there. I'm going to be there as much as I can. And now. I've got four awesome little grandkids too. And I cannot even tell you how awesome it is to see them running at me with their arms open. So yeah. I try to see them whenever I can as well. They only live two miles down the road from me. Oh, that's so good. We talked a little bit earlier again about this, but I want to kind of bring it in too. We're heading towards the holidays right now. And it is a tough time for a lot of people. Maybe you know they don't have their family close by or they're going through a loss or something like that. Do you have any advice you might give to, to folks facing that in the holiday? Yeah. Especially um, with, with alcohol too. When you're I trying know. to, you know, because it's it's prevalent. It's such a big part of many celebrations and how to navigate yeah. that. If you're more of a loner and you are always alone and you know, that sort of thing, I would say definitely get out of your shell and go uh, and commune with your people. The ones that make sense, right? The people that support you. Um, And even if it's just one-on-one, book a couple of lunches with some friends here, you know, one-on-one, that's fine. But if you're always going out and you're always saying yes, it's okay to pull back a little too. 
You don't have to accept every invitation out there. You got to take care of yourself. So think about when you see an invitation, is it something I want to go to? Is it something that will enrich me in some way? Or is there someone that's going to be there that I'd really love to connect with? If the answers are all no, 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 especially if it's an event at work. Oh, well, the boss just expects us to show up. No, you don't have to go to those. Like I'm kind of adamant about that because when a bunch of people are just drinking to just drink, let them go have their drunken drinking without you if you're trying to stay away from that sort of thing. Because some of us are also trying to stay away from all the foods, right? And and that if we can't say no, or if we feel like it's just not going to, you're going to get all this inflammation because you're going to eat stuff that you don't know how to say no to, it's okay to say, to come up with an excuse about why you can't go to that event. Also think about why you're feeling that you want to do that. Right. So these events, you have feelings in the events, you feel awkward or people ask you questions that you don't really want to answer and you kind of reach for food or want to reach for a drink or whatever. Know that that you don't have to do that and that you're okay to say no to that. And recognize, I think you were starting to allude to is that if you know there's certain people at the event that are you're not going to be comfortable with, just be okay with that. You don't have to force yourself. I think, you know, for me, a lot of my drinking especially at work was because I wasn't comfortable and I was a closet introvert. And you don't have to do that. You can do the event without it, but you also don't have to be at the event that long. You can make an appearance and get out. I mean, I I do a lot of that. uh, I like that. It's a good idea. Yeah. Make an appearance and then nobody's going to really notice if you slip out or go with someone. Or pretend you just got a text and you got to go pick up your daughter or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, because, yeah, everybody's in their own world. They don't care. So that's a big thing. I I really worried about not drinking. It doesn't matter. As it turns out, no one cares. No one cares. (laughs) No one really cares. And if the ones that do. Remind yourself of that, though, and it does help. And the ones that do are more curious because I think it tweaks them a little bit about what they're doing. And so, um, but you don't have to have those conversations either. And also know that these can be drama-filled situations and you don't have to lean into the drama. You know, some of us grew up with a lot of drama around us and we tend to lean into it because it feels comfortable, but you don't have to. You can step away from it and be silent, which is always a choice. (laughs) Yeah. And this time of year also provokes a lot of feelings about a grief and the past. Yes. My yes. my father died on December 15th. So oh. I can't even see poinsettias without being reminded of my dad. But we have no idea what somebody went through this morning, never mind their whole life. And so we have to be gentle and kind with ourselves and those people that are out there that are really hurting has nothing to do with you has nothing to do with you. Like, don't even take it personal. Just be as kind and gentle because you just never know what someone's dealing with. Right. Especially around the holidays. And I think it comes back to the things you talked about, you know, connecting with others that are helpful for you, right? That are, you know, going to give you the type of support that you need. And there's a lot of groups that can help with that. It's also, I think a big part of this is self-care, understanding how you do best and the things that help you and support you. And meditation, you know, I, I didn't go back to it too much, but meditation is a great way to remind yourself of who you are and who you want to be. Uh, would you? Yes, I would totally that? agree with that. Meditation has helped me so much to change 
my inner voice and be allowed to feel my feelings when they come up or just notice them. Notice the mood I'm in today. Notice the thoughts that are coming today. So don't expect yourself to be perfect right away. It's a practice. That's why they call it that. (laughs) (laughs) And it doesn't have to take that long, right? We can talk about that another time, but uh, it doesn't have to take that long. No. Well, that's great. Other programs you want to mention as we as we tie up? This has been a great conversation. <laughs> no, but I do. I guess I would say one other thing. If any of your listeners would like to follow me and find out more about the programs that I provide, they can go to EmergeLeadershipAcademy.com. And on that website, you'll find information about a, like a, a free quiz that you can take about your own personality, and also my podcast episodes. I have over 100 podcast episodes, Emerge, Evolve, Lead for People in Recovery. And um, Donna is on there. So you'll, you're will you definitely one of those episodes if people want to hear more about your own story. Uh, well, thank you so much for being here, Maureen. And it's been a real pleasure to have you with us you so uh, today. for having yeah. me. And Delighted to reconnect. Yeah, it's so good. And again, listeners, this is the Bounce Back Stronger podcast. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks so much and have a great rest of your day. Bye.